Hey everybody, this is Adam, co-host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Just a heads up before we get started, I'm on tour this week, May 16th through the 20th, with my Unpops Network co-host Chet Wild. We'll be telling jokes straight to your faces in Chicago on Wednesday, Minneapolis on Thursday, Dyersville, Iowa on Friday. That's where they filmed Field of Dreams, baby. Wichita, Kansas on Saturday, and Kansas City, Missouri on Sunday. Get tickets and more details at unpops.com slash tour. We hope to see you there. Thanks. We love you. Enjoy the show. That's when it came out of a clear blue sky. Oh, the dear good Lord's own sweet breath and his voice like an electric shock. Welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Chet Wild. Hey everybody, welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast. Good title. Thanks. I came up with it myself. Nice. We voted on a bunch of titles, meaning me and you talked back and forth, because yep. I definitely wasn't going to leave it open to the public. And it was going to be a different show name until it literally was, 20 seconds ago. It was at first going to be the only good politics show or the only good news show, because we will be that. So yeah, I have. there's a lot of people doing politics podcasts now, and I haven't been doing a weekly politics thing because I used to do the Monday show, and that ended, and we... We're going to like try and incorporate politics into the least anticipated podcast. We're talking about things that we're worried about for the week. Right. But by the time I'd get to the end of that, I was so exhausted from all the horn sections <laughs> and things of that nature. You were so exhausted from all the joy that the horn sections brought to you. I guess that's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so that didn't really pan out. So now we are doing a weekly news and politics podcast and... I think we're going to do a bonus episode each month where we do talk about pop culture and music and news. Yeah. My, I mean, I still uh, will vote. It should be least anticipated podcast of the month for that one. But I know branding, search engine optimization. Well, no, that's going to be like a, a that's going to be a Patreon bonus thing. So okay. we can call that whatever the fuck we want. Oh, you're saying in addition to that also. So we're going to do these episodes are going to be free okay. because, you know, five dollars a month. You don't want to just get one weekly podcast. That would be absurd to pay that much money for just one yeah. one podcast when $5 a month. Here's the thing. You don't even have to pay for this podcast. This is a free pod. This is a free pod. This is the second pod, ATB hosted pod on the network that is free weekly, correct? Completely free, yes. Completely free. Yeah. On a weekly basis, not every other. Right. Misfortune is completely free right now, but that's also a seasonal thing that after the first 10 episodes, we're going to regroup and do a season two, and that will be free and Patreon But the news cycle never stops, Adam. The news cycle never stops, and, and I need to be on top of it. And I feel like I haven't been on top of it as much as I have been in past months, these last few months or weeks. So, so before we get too far into the podcast... I want to ask the question that I'm sure is on a lot of listeners. Is it why mind. I'm sweating so profusely? And that's because the air conditioner refuses to turn on. It does start with a Y. 
uh, and it does involve sweatiness at certain points. Uh, but why me? Why am I here? Let's let's explain that to the listener. I don't even necessarily know the answer. I'm sure you have an answer because uh, I on least anticipated is like, why is this guy on? And he doesn't like the music I like, and blah blah blah. And he doesn't get this specific reference because he's too busy watching Gone Fishing for the ninth time. That's my impression of someone doing an impression of me. Oh, did your voice change? Uh, I thought God you were. I Fuck thought you, you were just talking Fuck regular you. that whole time. Uh, so yeah, uh, Adam, why don't you tell them what I'm bringing to this podcast? So well, I know what I'm bringing to this podcast as well. It's not that you. It's not like you don't follow politics. If anyone follows your Twitter, you tweet political things all the time. That is correct. Retweet more than tweet, but yes. But you're you're way more. I, contain, I, I contribute to the echo chamber. You're you're way more in tune to the John Oliver type stuff of the world than I am. Because that, honestly, is the shit I don't have time for. People are like, oh, there's so much happening with Trump. How do we have time to pay attention to anything else? Easy. You don't uh, let the mainstream media tell you what you should be worrying about. And I do consider people like that the mainstream media. And I think they all kind of just circulate the same talking points. Like CNN. CNN is Fox News for Democrats. Like, it's no different. If you watch it, it's they don't like... I guess push blatantly racist stuff, but the sort of brainwashing type of thing where they're just hammering the same point over and over and over with the exact same words. Like CNN has a looser grasp on the term breaking news than any network I've ever seen. Like they will jump in from every commercial and go breaking news. And it's the same shit they've been talking about all fucking morning. Well, Michelle Wolf had that joke at the correspondence dinner about CNN being breaking news. Congratulations. You broke it. It's a pretty good line. What do you mean? She's talking about CNN being breaking news. And she goes, congratulations, CNN. You broke it. Oh. Broke the news. Get it? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And they, they, they have to some extent. But I, that's the kind of stuff I don't have time to pay attention to or worry about. Yeah. And I agree with you to an extent, but not fully on CNN being the liberal version of Fox News. Like, if there's a, if there's a true middle... And Fox is to the far right. I don't think CNN goes equally as far left. But I understand in general. It's it's kind of like a reality TV thing, like a brainwashing thing, like but, playing at people's anxieties and fears and making sure they keep watching and making feel like everything's important even though it's not. But that's, that's exactly what I said. I'm not yeah. saying CNN, like they don't do racist shit. Uh, they also don't like, I guess like the far left equivalent would be if like they were doing like fuck straight white males segments or something like that, like they don't do that, but they're definitely, they serve a purpose and that purpose is to distribute talking points that Democrats at least want circulated. Well, isn't the head of CNN now the, or the head of the news programming, forget his exact title. Wasn't he the guy that was like head of reality TV programming when Trump had who wants uh, the, the fucking apprentice on uh, NBC? Uh, that wouldn't that would not surprise me whatsoever. I'm on his name. Yeah, but I don't, don't want to spread fake news. Yeah, Do your research shit. Yeah, I have no idea. So, like, what what I what I trust you to bring to this show is tell me what the rest of the world's talking about, man. Because sometimes I feel like when it comes to news and politics stuff, I sort of exist on my own fucking island. And I don't always... Like, I haven't watched The Daily Show in a long fucking time. And that was well before Trevor Noah took over. Like, I just... 
I don't know. It's I I don't I don't like talking points. I don't like feeling like I have to address what everyone else is addressing because a lot of times I feel like it's a distraction. Whereas I happen to digest uh, most of my news is digested through late night television programming. Um, exactly. In, in part uh, because that's like my news, but also like with my own comedy aspirations, like those are things I kind of need to be uh, up to snuff on as I write packets and right. things like that. So, yeah, let's we should point out this is kind of a preview episode. Yeah. So the future one should be more timely, but we're recording this a week or so in advance, which in the political news cycle, this is going to sound like forever ago when you listen to it but it's only a week old we're recording right we're recording sunday may 6th right yeah so what are people talking about right now as of today what was trending last night what seems to be blown up on social feeds and uh, various websites today uh both the left and right is people are talking about stormy daniels crashing the saturday night live cold open did you see this i did not because you have interest I in seeing it. don't fuck with snl no, I haven't. I haven't seen it. Just tell okay, me about it. Okay, she crashes. Uh, it's like a, a phone call sketch where Trump's calling all these different people, or Cohen's calling all these different people, and uh, eventually Trump and Stormy have a conversation. But it's the real Stormy Daniels and and Alec Baldwin is Trump, and the, the comedy isn't really uh, what's important here. Uh, people are just losing their shit. Either people, you know, on the liberal side tend to be like, "This is hilarious. This is awesome. Fuck yeah. This is incredible. Uh, how funny is this?" And then people on the uh, right uh, being like, what the fuck? This is fucking madness. And a good uh, dynamic of that. I think there are some valid points to uh, the the left side being like, well, this is still important. If you want to look at it as like, this is a talking point. This is a, a way for women to stand up for themselves. Bill O'Reilly tweeted, Stormy Daniels appeared on Saturday Night Live. The audience applauds. Why? And Cherry Jacobus, I may be pronouncing that wrong, who's a, uh, she writes for USA Today and is a TV pundit, uh, said, because we're sick of pigs like you and Trump getting away with paying off women, threatening women, lying about women, and thinking you're the victim when you get your rear end kicked to the curb for it. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a valid point. But I don't know, the whole Stormy Daniels thing, it's like, everything's multifactorial. Most things are multifactorial. Everyone tries to, I just generalized. Many people say Stormy Daniels is doing the right thing for women or just because Trump lied, whatever these fucking things are. Other people are like, she's pushing her own agenda, pushing her own brand. Why can't it be both? Why can't it be all of the above? I think it is all of the above. And uh, But most of the dialogue about it isn't that. So like uh, this uh, woman pushing back on Bill O'Reilly makes a very valid point. But at the same time, like if you have a legal case against the president, I don't know, it's going on Saturday Night Live and like stoking him the best approach uh, it just, it makes everything, the, the circus is already a circus. It doesn't need right. more of a circus. And when I watch this shit, I just think of like, where's the adult in the room? What the fuck? Like when you're a kid or even when you're a teenager, you think you're going to grow up and like adults have their shit together. And then you find out like the people running the country or dominating the news story have their shit less together or more immature than like the people that I thought were immature in high school. Right. So it's just, it feels dirty participating in it or laughing because I think it's one of those things where if the roles were flipped, Bill O'Reilly would be laughing if, if it was on the other end. And then the liberals would be like, why are we applauding this? This is bullshit. It, it would absolutely be that. And we have, we have a precedent from the past that tells us that because I can't tell you how many times 
when Clinton was in office and people would bring up Monica Lewinsky, people would be like, you know, in France, they don't even factor in sex scandals to how they vote for politicians. <laughs> and it's like, well, is it just like, so why isn't it just always that? Why do we fucking care? And like the only thing that really matters about this to me, because as far as I know, he wasn't like, he didn't like abuse her, right? No, like they, they had just, sex. And they he, had an affair and he paid her to cover it up. Paid her yeah. The affair was his like new wife was at home. And it, it, I think the timeline was like she had just had a kid or something. Yeah. I mean, there's very few instances where an aff- there's like a justified affair where there's like, sure. oh, yeah, they had an affair. But at least his wife wasn't like in the hospital or something yeah. like either way. They had an affair. He paid to cover it up. An affair with not anyone but a porn star. Right. The only only reason that matters to me is if it's proven he used campaign money to pay her off because that's a crime. That is a violation of campaign laws. And I definitely want to know about that. But beyond that, I don't give a fuck about this, man. We need like a food pyramid for Trump stories. Okay. <laughs> and the the stuff that's important needs to be like that foundation, that base. And then the stuff at the top, like needs to be like the Stormy Daniels shit that you can dip into when you've looked into everything else and really paid attention to what your government's doing, uh, not just here, but around the world. And then once you've internalized all that, then we can fucking worry about whether Trump paid off a porn star. Can I go with that same beginning of the analogy, but in a different direction? So let's go with the food. There should be like a Trump food pyramid. But you're saying like, oh, the top, that's the dipping sauces. That's the dessert, whatever. Right. No, the top are the trans fats and the things that are bad for you. And then like right below that are like dairy, which is like supports inflammation at the bottom or like, you know, towards the bottom, lots of fruits and vegetables and like whole grains, things that are healthy for you. So you should have to get full on healthy news and only once in a while get to indulge in the junk food that you know is bad for you. I think we just said the same thing, but you put your stuff at the bottom and I put my stuff at at the top. I just wanted to contribute. And actually, I think we they were even in the exact same order. All right. You motherfucker. We'll go to the replay. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. And like, you know, I get the argument that this woman responding to what's her name? Sherry Jacobus. Yeah. Uh, this, the argument that she's making in response to Bill O'Reilly. I get it. Like Bill O'Reilly's. It has like a proven track record of being somebody that sexually harasses yeah, a scumbag, right? A, a, from everything I've ever known or heard, Bill O'Reilly is a certified piece of shit. So this goes both ways, too. Like, people that bitch about, like, why are we giving Bill O'Reilly a platform? Why do we still listen to him? Well, same thing with Pataki, like, when he busted up the the uh, prostitution ring. And then, wait, was it Pataki or was the other New York governor? I think it was Pataki. Spitzer. No, it was Spitzer. Spitzer. Sorry. Uh, you know, he has a prostitute stepping on his balls and in high heels or whatever. Right. And then he had to resign. He had to resign for that. Uh, and and uh, but then, you know, a year or two later, he has his own show on CNN. Now he's on Politically Correct and all these other panel shows regularly. So it's like, OK, you got to You got to dislike both of them. You, you can't. Yeah. You can't defend one and then shit on the other. Yeah. Or you can, but you shouldn't. But that's the thing. You can and people do yeah. like. There was, I used to get in politics arguments with a former colleague, if that's how you want to put it, pretty frequently. And I would bring that, I'd be like, you can't like 
say this and then say this and have them you know, like and have them jibe and she would be like well I just did and it's like that's the end of the argument yeah like they're right like they can do that it's also a form of gaslighting it's fucking men well it's what it is it's called and we're gonna do an unpops episode about this in the coming weeks it's compartmentalized thinking and it's a thing we blame the right for a lot where they have you know no problem like the michelle wolf thing you know they have no problem making fun of women for how their for their bodies or you know any number of things michelle wolf did to them they're fine with when it's happening to a liberal or whatever they determine as a liberal but when it happens to them they're like no how like at the fucking correspondence dinner how dare you violate the sanctity of the correspondence dinner and it's like we can go to them all day and be like well how can you be okay with these people making fun of these women but then when this woman makes fun of this woman you're all up in arms in their mind they don't have to answer you yeah because compartmentalized thinking allows them to put what happened at the correspondence dinner in one part of their brain and anything they've done to women or in the name of making fun of women in another part of their brain. And as long as their desired outcome is happening, none of that matters. But the left is just as capable of that. And it's a thing like we should, we've known that forever. Like the entire, like the counterculture movement in the 60s and 70s, mostly just devolved into a bunch of people falling under the spell of goddamn gurus and, like, cults and shit. So it's not like the left and the side that is supposed to be about peace and unity and things of that nature and have been ostensibly since the 60s or 70s. That's great, but they're just as capable of falling under that same line of thinking whether there's like a leader at the top or not, because at some point just identifying as that becomes the leader. A great example uh, of that, that I think we've talked about in different episodes in the past before, uh, uh, or other podcasts on network is the whole punch a Nazi thing. Is that really okay? Liberals? I, I don't have the answer, but there are people that are very progressive. They're like, no violence, no whatever, unless it's a Nazi, you know? Um, yeah, and the thing is, a lot of those people are never going to punch a Nazi. So talk to me after you do. Like, you know where to find them. Go punch one. Sure. Because here's the thing. Fuck a Nazi. Nazis have no place in fucking American society, and they goddamn know it. And what's happening in this country is not geared toward bringing Nazis to power, and it's not going to bring the left to power. Like... It's so much bigger than that. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, if you think if you think that is what is going to stop that problem in this country, go do it. And if not, you know, calm down telling people to punch Nazis. Like you go you go punch a Nazi. Mm. But, you know, it's it's such a, and it's such a sensitive subject. Like there seems to be this line of thinking on both sides where it's just sort of a you're with us or you're against us. Examples with that Michelle Wolf thing, not to get too deep into it, but but even like a bunch of Republicans, you know, and and, and TV personalities that uh, are on the right came out swinging at Michelle Wolf being like, how dare you pick on Sarah Sanders looks to her face? It's like they clearly took that joke 
out of context, like it wasn't about her looks. But also, uh, she did make a joke about Chris Christie being fat, and then they literally panned to him eating a piece of cake. <laughs> so, but why is that okay? Why why are we so defensive about women and not picking on women's looks, but, but then uh, it's okay to pick on fat dudes? I'm not saying that should or shouldn't be the case. I'm just throwing that out there as a question. I get nauseous even asking that question. Because then I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate for the right, and I don't want to do that. But it's just interesting to think people, think people get their uh, panties or boxers and a bunch over. And uh, the one thing I really liked about, I liked a lot of things about Michelle Wolf's Correspondence Dinner, but one thing she did is she would have these throwaway lines where she would say something, and then people would hiss or boo. Like she met, she used grab him by the pussy and something. And she's like, remember, he's the one that said that. Right. He's the one that said that. And she literally ended her speech saying, the people in Flint, Michigan still don't have clean water. So, I don't know. I thought she, I thought she was telling more truths than anybody else I heard at that correspondence dinner or anybody else that's in a substantial position of power right now, uh, both in terms of politics or media. Yeah. So, I think that's what people got a fucking uproar about. It's like somebody, even though... I understand people think she leans liberal or progressive, which she does. She was also just speaking objective truths, and objective truths seem to not matter anymore. People sweep them under the rug. Yeah, and I don't know what people were expecting. Like, that's what the correspondence dinner is pretty much every year. Yeah, have you not seen Norm MacDonald There's or just any a- of these other ones? Like... They're frequently the the day or two after it's like, oh, Colbert went too far with Bush or, you know, Norm MacDonald went too far with Bill Clinton, all that. And then it blows over. Yeah. It's just that that side is in power now. So and and there is the the thing that's worrying about it to me is we're kind of even with that focusing on the wrong thing where we're like, oh, Republicans can't take a joke. What we should be more worried about is that Republicans. Republicans and this administration in general frown upon criticizing anyone in the administration to the point that they have outright threatened to start targeting people in the media like they're putting together social or social media influencer lists is a thing I read at one point like that's the kind of shit that we should be concerned about and this is kind of a symptom of that where it's just one incident and we're approaching it as I think the term people like to use now is we dunked on the Republicans at the correspondence dinner and now they're all butt hurt. but it's bigger than that. It's more of this creeping trend towards don't criticize the government and that's that's more more what worries me about it. Like I don't give I know conservatives can't take a joke. Neither can liberals or comics. So, and if you if you're generalizing here, the same conservative groups that can't take a joke and don't want people to criticize, like, are up in arms when somebody criticizes the government, are also the same ones that, in no way, shape, or form, should you dictate the way in which they can own or not own a weapon. So, right, either be for all of the amendments or. If you're going to be a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment, you better fucking be a staunch supporter of the First Amendment as well. I know people aren't going to be, but it's just, it's hypocrisy to me. Yeah, you see that around any belief that's based on a text written a long time ago. Like, 
the Constitution is kind of like the Bible in that we should kind of be reading it now more as this is a general set of rules or guidelines that a person should follow to kind of live an all right life as opposed to read this literally and murder your neighbor if you see them working on a Sunday. Like everything as it ages is open to interpret, should be open to interpretation. And Except for this being the greatest news and political podcast of all time. Right. That's that's written in stone. We're going to put a fucking cement block at the Denver airport so people know it even after the apocalypse happens. This is the only good news and politics podcast. That's, that's uh, a done deal. But if you believe the Constitution needs to be upheld that strictly, I guarantee there's something in there that once you get to it, you're going to be like, ooh. Yeah. I got to I got to live by that, too. But here's the thing. Yeah. And like you have to. And you're right. You can't make that. Oh, we have to defend the Second Amendment no matter what. But also, can't we put her in jail for making jokes? No, you sure can't. But also you try to. But then also, isn't the left kind of guilty of that also? Or do we want the First Amendment revised do we want it changed to say freedom of speech except for this group this group this group this group and this group or do we want to stick but like are we that beholden to freedom of speech that we're going to let nazis organize in public let me ask you this question and then i'm going to bring it back to this so we're not going to digress too much if social media and the internet did not exist Let's say that technological advancement did not... We still had cars and fucking grocery stores and, and, and every, every, everything we... TV, Netflix, that that's all still here. But we don't have... Well, I guess Netflix won't. There's still good shows on TV. <laughs> I don't know why that's important to me. But we don't have the internet. We don't have Facebook. We don't have social media. You have to use traditional forms of media. Uh, the newspaper is how we get our news and the 6 o'clock news. How different do you think things would be right now? Radically different. They would be radically different because... For better or worse. Better in that, like, things won't be able to get this separated and this extremed and this segmented. Or not, worse in that, like, the Trump a, or whoever could have bought out the three channels and been pushing propaganda. That's an impossible question to answer yeah. because it could go either way. Like, I do think there would be some benefits to this country if the internet never existed. And if nothing else, we learned that in 2016... But at the same time, a lack of an open and free internet would make tyranny a lot easier to hide because it's like that's that's kind of how China operates. Like they're very they're they're not open about how brutal they are to the point that if you're in China, you can't Google Tiananmen Square and find out what happened there. It doesn't come up. They just have you have to go through a proxy and then hope some motherfucker from Chinese secret service, which no one even knows what their fucking name is. That's how fucking secretive they are. Someone from there shows up and shoots you in the head for fucking around on the internet in the wrong way. Like we don't want that obviously, but at the same time, there needs to be some sort of, I've talked about this so many times. There needs to be some sort of crackdown on the way information is spread on the internet, even if it's just superficial shit like putting warning labels on 
websites. Like YouTube has started doing that. I've been researching the shit out of Vladimir Putin for a few other podcasts we're recording. And every Russian arm of the podcast network, every video from RT.com on YouTube has like a disclaimer saying that this is like a basically an arm of the Russian government and you shouldn't necessarily believe any of this. And I think we need more of that. And I think it needs to be bigger and more prominent. And you have to ideally have non politicized, objective third parties that are regulating that. Right. And it's the same argument as free speech itself. It's like, how free do you want it to be? There's a fucking sex worker law that was just passed recently, and all these celebrities lobbied for it. And it's basically what shut down Craigslist and Backpage and all these sites that were running, like personal sites and basically sites where you could get prostitutes and shit. And it basically holds those if if anyone can prove that sex trafficking or prostitution of any sort is happening on that site, Backpage.com or Craigslist or whoever can be held responsible for that criminally and financially. And on its surface, it sounds like a good thing. And it obviously has its merits, but. It also violates one really important rule, which is Section 230, which is a rule that people have been trying to challenge for a long time. But it basically says people who run websites aren't responsible for the actions of the people who use their websites. So just because someone might have used Facebook to plan a fucking heist, you can't hold Mark Zuckerberg responsible for that because there's, you know, almost there's 500 million users and he can't police them all. And that's a fundamental rule of the internet. And this sex trafficking law kind of undermines that. And it's one of a bunch in recent years that have been kind of chipping away at that law. But it's a thing we, you know, it, it's a law we need. And it, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm just rambling right now. Should we get to... This is this need, isn't how we had it planned. This is just where the conversation. We went. need some fucking segments or something. Sure. In terms of what this segment was supposed to be, other shit in the news. We'll just cover it real quick. Shit that uh, I would say the average Americans consuming uh, on the left or right. Giuliani's part of Trump's <sighs> legal team now. What the fuck is this? All these sound bites, and he acknowledged that like Trump did reimburse his lawyer for the hundred thirty thousand dollars, and then Trump's like, oh, he's new to my team. He hasn't correctly learned the facts. But then the, the I mean, the sound bites with Stephanopoulos are insane. Like, Giuliani was, was ranting uh, about whatever, and Stephanopoulos said, it's o- so it's okay to lie to the press? And uh, Giuliani responded, gee, I don't know. You know, a few presidents who did that. I don't think this president has done that. But in any event, that's not a crime. So he's just saying, like, it's okay to lie. It's not against the law. That's one of, like, 19 insane things that can't go down that rabbit hole right now. Yeah. But all of it's fucking nuts. And the thing about that, like, we should we should expect more of this probably from more people going forward because we elected a president who, during the campaign, called Vladimir Putin a great leader. And when the person interviewing him reminded him that Vladimir Putin's administration routinely murders journalists... Trump said, oh, well, we sometimes kill people, too. So what Giuliani's doing is a huge step down from that. Like, we, this is a bridge we crossed, and 
we just crossed it and kept going. We didn't we didn't do anything about it during the campaign. So what are we expecting anyone to do or say about Giuliani now? Not to go too much back into the Stormy Daniel stuff, but people are giving a lot of attention to that. But aren't there cases of people coming forward saying Trump actually harassed them or Raped. attempted non yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to dance yeah. around that. Also so like, during the fucking campaign. And where are where is that story? Nothing sticks to him. Exactly. That's why something like Stormy Daniels, like I get it and I get why people are worried about it, but also top of the pyramid up there with me and Chet's dipping sauces and imperfect produce coleslaws and things up at the top. Well, those probably aren't the same. Well, the vegetables from the imperfect coleslaw would be down towards the bottom, but because we added mayo, it would become up towards the top. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, That's right. We still plug in perfect produce. I should just get them. (laughs) Why don't we get them to sponsor this podcast? Yeah, it's just fucking nuts, man. That'll we'll be like Infowars, but we'll just push like vegan shit, vegan and healthy products <laughs> aggressively, though, and uh, act like we went on covert missions to obtain them so we could bring them to you at great prices. Yeah, Listen to the conspiracy podcast Do it for, for more details. And then North Korea, North Korea, kind of pissed because uh, Trump's been ruining the good mood ahead of the summit coming up. <laughs> no way. I mean, Trump's been taking credit for the peace talks and the uh, denuclearization going on there uh, between North and South Korea. And like North Korea apparently adjusted their time a half hour to match South Korea. What's this half hour time zone shit? People are on different half hours? Yeah, I wonder if that was just more of a symbolic thing or maybe something North Korea did because they were radically low on resources to provide energy for their people. But anyways, of course, Trump's trying to take credit for this and pissing them off. And I don't doubt that Trump played a role in this happening. I just don't think it happened the way he thinks. Like, I, I feel like this is more North Korea and South Korea probably agreeing that Trump is, insane. is a pretty big threat to that region and is particularly unstable. And maybe maybe he brought some of this about in that way. But I don't know. Other than that, I can't picture. I feel like he's probably going to bring a lot of people together in that way. And we're going to talk about it a little later. I think it's going to be a very, very bad thing. And then, man, hate to hit all the Trump stories, but this is this is what's going on. It's a fucking bed of nails. I've talked about John Oliver using that analogy before. Right. Nothing, nothing damages him because there's a thousand fucking nails he's standing on. Right. Trump's ex-doctor, remember that fucking weird-looking dude? Now, this is a story that does genuinely concern me, and one that I think people should be more upset about. Go well, ahead, Chet. Uh, during his campaign, you'll remember this weird-looking... Do- He's weird-looking for a doctor. Can we just say that? Oh, yeah. He looks unhealthy he looks like and fucking a, nuts. He looks like a weed card doctor. So, he wrote that letter that Trump's in tremendous health and he'll be the healthiest president of all time and that his blood pressure was something like was it like 115 over 60 some crazy low number yeah that uh for a guy that openly just eats fast food and we don't talk about this a lot because there's so many other insane things about trump but like let's say trump was a functional president let's say you had ronald reagan or barack obama or bill clinton or george bush either of them with donald trump's body we would just be making fat jokes about the president and how unhealthy he is Oh yeah, he's he's a fat man. He, is, he has yeah. his suits like the the cut of them kind of hide it. 
But you see him without a suit, and he's he's a fat boy. And here's the thing: he's who's the last fat president we had? Who's the one that got stuck in a bathtub? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to go back to like our parents' time. I mean, Clinton, sort of, but not. Yeah, at the beginning. Really? Yeah, they're like, and remember, the, the, the press would rail on him for going to McDonald's. He and should like grow Saturday Night Live would mock him for that. He should grow a beard next because we also haven't had a president with a beard in a long time. I don't think he could grow a beard. I wish he would. Just a fucking patchy, nasty, scraggly yellow beard, <sighs> like the lead singer of the Spin Doctors. Do you think his pubes are also a giant comb over? Fuck it? yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. I think they wrap around his torso. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but this doctor thing, uh, this is a thing I think deserves a little more attention because what are you hiding? Like, if you have to write your own letter that's supposed to be from your doctor, what that implies to me is that you're hiding something that would have come up in a normal routine health exam. And that's a thing like... He hit on Clinton for that constantly throughout the campaign, you know, implying that she was unhealthy or was sick. And because she had heat exhaustion because she was campaigning so fucking much. Right. Yeah. Just not in the right states. Hello. And so what is Trump hiding? Like, what what is it that we need to know about his health? Like, that's that's the kind of thing that could get a motherfucker like this out of office. Like, fuck his, uh, I don't know. But well, his his bodyguard and two other uh, gentlemen, if you'll call them that, uh, came in and supposedly, allegedly, stormed this doctor's office and just took everything. We're there for a half hour or so. Right. And then once Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, this question about it, she says, oh, it's just a uh, routine procedure, routine business that the White House would have all of the president's uh, health documents on site. And the doctor refuted that, right? Uh, yeah, he's like, they stormed my fucking office and took right. everything. Which, that's that's a bad sign. Like, this yeah. this is a troubling fucking story. And how did Trump's dad die again? I have no idea. No, some type of health issues. I don't know. But, uh, I don't know. The guy, he's our oldest president, right? He Old, is, yes. He, I don't know. I, I don't want to wish death on anybody, Adam, and I'm certainly not threatening it. But you would have to think... Well, you never want your president to die in office, if for no other reason than the chaos it leads to. But beyond that, it's just not cool to wish people were dead. But you would think he's got to be one heart attack away from... Right? No, people like him live to be like 90. Ugh. He's, and maybe that's what someone somewhere was banking on, that he would die in office. And Mike, because here's the thing, it would be great to not have Trump in office, but it wouldn't be great to have Mike Pence in office. That is true. That's not going to be a whole lot better. It would be a lateral move at best. If anything, it would be an upgrade we don't need because it <laughs> like would. Like your phone's working perfectly fine. Don't get the upgrade. It's right. It, well, well, here's the well, thing. You're, you're no. Uh, sorry. What happened here? Your phone's shitty, and you're going to get an upgrade, which technically it's better, but it just slows it down even more. You just need a whole new phone. You need a whole new administration. Right. It's because what it would do is it would put the Trump administration policies in the hands of a more experienced politician and someone who's less prone to 
make a fool of himself on the world stage. And we kind of need Trump being a buffoon right now. Like, it's our only hope. Like, like you don't want someone like Trump flying under the radar. And that's what someone like Mike Pence could do. Like, if Mike Pence won that election, people would be mad, but it wouldn't be the same thing. We would just have a Republican president, and it would still be the same fucking policies, but people would not treat it the same way. Trump feels like more of an emergency, and that's a good thing. He hey, should. man, at least we'll finally elected a gay president. What? Come on. <laughs> what? Hey. <laughs> Sorry, that's not you, Howard Dean. <laughs> We're not implying that. And then the whole Kanye thing, which we'll circle back around, but man, that dude, uh, this podcast is exhausting because we haven't even gotten to the meat of it yet. What are we at, an hour? Are you stopped watching this? 54 minutes. And we're trying to move through this quickly. Yeah. So yeah, the Kanye thing, we'll, we'll get back to it. This is like th- three days of news. It's, so. That's the thing. It's like, these will be a little more timely going forward, Yeah, but- I feel like even still, you'll hear a lot of stuff even on this episode that, like I said, you're just not going to hear on a lot of news and politics podcasts. Can't wait for the comments. I think about this shit, baby. So hard. So what hard. I do, it's what you know me for. And jokes. I'm also really fucking funny. But sometimes I have to talk about Trump. I have very few jokes about Trump on stage. I went... When I was I was on tour right before Trump got elected and I was talking to someone outside one of the shows, I want to say Arizona or something like that, and he was talking about how a friend of his was going to come, but he was like, but my friend was like, and I don't want to hear all his political shit right before the election. I don't do political, ju- I mean, I do, but I think people, if you look at the, listen to the podcast and read my stuff on Cracked, it probably seems like I tell a lot more political jokes than I do when really you should just come out May 16th through the 20th to see me and Chet Wild. May 16th in Chicago, May 17th in Minneapolis, May 18th in Dyersville, Iowa. Dyersville. May 19th in Wichita. Wichita. Somebody's house. May 20th, Tapcade in Kansas City. That shows at 7 p.m., not 8 p.m. We need to update that poster. And I will be doing Trump material. That's Yeah, I probably will too. But yeah, I don't do a ton of Trump jokes, and it's because when I talk about Trump, it tends to tends to be serious. Because I feel like I'm tuned into that motherfucker. I feel like I know what he's doing. I feel like I know what's happening. Well, so there's this thing and in comedy. I've been that, pretty right so far. There's this thing in comedy that when you have talk about Trump, it's like you don't need to exaggerate or be absurd. Like when you do George Clinton joke or George Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> and the P-Funks. Uh, when you do George Bush jokes, you know, it's like, ah, he's dumb. Or once Bill Clinton was like, ah, he's a sex son. But like, and you do exaggerated versions of that. But with Trump, it's so absurd. Like, almost the comedy is just saying, this is what's really happening. And how fucking absurd is that? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, with that in mind, what should we be talking about? <laughs> that's what we, that's what everyone else is talking about. That's what you shouldn't be absorbing. And I might edit some of that down. Yeah, right? chop that three-hour segment down, That Adam. was 58 minutes. Three hours and 58 minutes. What should you be worrying about? By the time this goes up, we should know whether or not Trump has decided to stay in the Iran nuclear deal. And that is a thing that has been getting no fucking attention 
in the press because of all the things we just spent the last hour talking about. And that's understandable to some extent, but also it's such an important thing. And I feel like, I don't know, did you see the Netanyahu presentation about this? I saw a couple pictures of (laughs) their intern's PowerPoint that they had behind them. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I read the Vox article. Yeah, there's a really great Vox article about Netanyahu's Iranian deal or Iranian nuclear deal speech written by Zach Bochamp at Zach Bochamp on Twitter. And it's called Netanyahu's Allegedly Huge Iran Revelation Explained. And it does a great job of explaining that that entire presentation was basically just aimed at Trump. If you go and watch it, it's at one point he's just standing in front of a huge white screen with the words Iran lied in big blue letters behind him. And it's been tossed around that this is what Trump likes when he's in a meeting and someone's trying to brief him on something. He basically wants memes and tweets to fly across the screen so he can just get the big details. I would have gone with a sans serif font instead of a serif font. I would have done comic sans, obviously, (laughs) if you're trying to get Trump. Because you know his emails probably are still in comic sans font. He seems like the type. And he even ends this speech talking. He basically ends it by saying Trump has a decision to make on May 12th, even though the nuclear deal is us and... Germany, France, England, Russia, I think. So he's just talking to us. And that's because the other countries involved know what he's saying in this presentation is meaningless. Bullshit. It, well, it's not bullshit. It's stuff that's been known forever. It's tr- Yeah, what he's saying is true that they had a nuclear weapons program in 2003, but the world has known that since 2003 and they abandoned it in 2003. And what he had, he said that the Israeli intelligence basically went into Iran and got these documents out that prove they have the secret weapons program. And they're just documents pertaining to that 2003 program that we knew existed and knew had been shut down. So then when people brought that up, he was like, oh, well, them just keeping the documents is a violation. And it's like, no, not really. Like, there's no clause in the deal that makes that a violation. It could be an oversight. It's definitely not proof that they are cheating on this nuclear deal. What the Vox article doesn't mention, probably because this is just like, this isn't fact, but this is my takeaway from it is that if anything, what happened here proves that Iran is probably not building a secret nuclear weapons program because Israel was able to just go into one of their facilities and literally carry out 100,000 documents. So how fucking secure can the country be? Like that country is crawling with International Atomic Energy Association, I think, inspectors. Like they're all over the place. The framework put in place by this nuclear deal makes it really hard for them to cheat to the point that our own secretary of defense mad dog mattis who hates iran fucking hates iran and is a mad like a dog 
mad just like a fucking dog, Chet. Just like Lucy. When you bring up Iran and Lucy starts fucking growling. Lucy's a good puppy. She would never but do she that. does. No, I've she heard doesn't. her. No, she doesn't. Actually, when I bring up. Oh, we're going to digress. When I bring up Muslim people of any sort. Lucy. Lucy gets really upset. Lucy is indifferent And I don't know if she's learning races. it from. Not. I, not. <laughs> you motherfucker. But the only thing Lucy hates is when you try to take her tennis ball away. She's a good puppy. But winter, you're a good puppy. So mad dog. No winter isn't. I came in and there's garbage everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Winter, you're a bad puppy. <laughs> but yeah, mad dog Mattis, also a bad puppy for the most part. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I was trying to get in there and you went on this whole fucking Lucy head. Oh, sorry. Bad puppy Mattis. That's all I was going for. Man, that was... We took the long way to go home on that joke. We sure did. <laughs> so like I was saying, bad puppy Mattis. <laughs> Leave it all in. Leave this all in. Even he, after... Netanyahu did this presentation. He's because he before this presentation was like, I think Iran is keeping with the deal. I don't think they're cheating at all. And then he got into the garbage like a bad <laughs> and puppy. then yeah, he pulls all these documents out of Iran's garbage and fucking Netanyahu finds them. <laughs> bad puppy Mattis. <laughs> I don't know why this is so Mattis. No. <laughs> uh, do we have the fuck you clip on the soundboard yet? No. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, man. Oh, Mattis. We have fun on this pod. We do. You just got to listen the first hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking even Mattis, after this presentation, he was like, no, I still don't think Iran is cheating on this deal. But this is the kind of thing that when Trump sees it in Israel is Trump's friend. He's going to be like, yep, I'm pulling out of the deal. And that insert hacky pull out joke. Yes, exactly. And if we pull out of that deal, it's going to be like even when's the last time the president of France in response to something the U.S. was doing was like could lead to war. Because here's the thing. It will be us kind of disassociating ourselves from the rest of the world and especially Europe. All these other countries that are like, no, it's fine. Like we got it under control. We're inspecting like we know they're not building weapons and us and Israel are just like, no, let's get out of this deal and impose more sanctions. And if they, if we impose more sanctions, it's going to be fucking chaos. It will be chaos. If nothing else, it'll be chaos in the fucking energy market that we don't need with a fucking tour coming up. You know what uh, Trump's two favorite forms of energy are? What's that chat? Coal and natural gas lighting. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, uh, quality joke eagle flying through the sky. So, yeah, I feel like this, what happened with this document dump, basically, that Israel pulled off, I feel like it kind of proves that if there was something in there for them to actually find and show us, they probably would have found it and showed it to us. Because this isn't, you've, have you heard of the Stuxnet virus? No. It was this crazy virus that showed up on millions of computers around the world and nobody knew what it was for or what it did. It was just there. And there's a documentary called Zero Days, which is really fascinating. Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you seen that documentary? No, but I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Basically, we, under the Obama administration, in a joint operation with Israel, 
went into Iran's nuclear facilities and planted a virus that was meant to destroy their nuclear capabilities. And it actually ended up like accidentally bolstering them a little bit and everyone found out. And the one of the side effects of that was that this Stuxnet virus got out into the world. And the way we got that virus onto Iranian nuclear systems was we sent someone in with a fucking thumb drive who wasn't supposed to be there, but Iran thought he was supposed to be there, and we call that a spy, Chet. And if we're infiltrating Iran to that degree on such a regular basis, someone would have found some evidence of a nuclear program. If nothing else, I watch enough episodes of The Americans to know that's true. But I still think... I'm, I'm interested to see by the time this goes up if we're still in the Irani, Iranian nuclear deal. And if not, uh, that is probably what we will be talking about next week also. So this isn't completely not timely. Hey, if we go to war, I read Ronda Rousey is a doomsday prepper. So we just got to find out where she lives and go hang there. Yeah. I know that's kind of a stretch, but that's the thought I just had in my brain. Well, if we get there during the marauding, we can just have the girl in our group kick her in the neck, and then <laughs> we'll be able to take all her oh, stuff. Because we know, th- fired. well, that's her. St- <laughs> that's her weakness. I mean, I imagine that's pretty much everyone's weakness. <laughs> A swift kick in the neck. Did yeah. the first? Did you ever see that interview? The first with before the first fight, she lost. Refresh my memory. She was. I don't remember. It was Holly something was the first woman that beat her, right? Mm-hmm. And she, Ronda Rousey in this interview was like, I know what she's going to do. She's going to try to kick kick me me in the neck neck. and I'm not going to let it happen. And what it take like 12 seconds before she just got annihilated in the fucking neck and lost the fight. Oh man. So aim for the neck. Shout out Ronda Rousey for letting (laughs) ATB and I crash at your pad during the apocalypse. We appreciate it. So yeah, the Iranian nuclear deal, that is, that's a thing people should be more worried about but at least as of right now maybe over the next week it's gonna just dominate the news and uh, i'll be proven wrong and we'll probably still pull out of the deal but this netanyahu thing happened on april 30th that's when the vox article was written we're recording this may 6th it hasn't been in the headlines a whole lot between now and then i know that I will say this. John Oliver did a 20-minute segment on the Iranian deal. Oh, really? Yeah. So he is covering... Not the mainstream media in general isn't, but for whatever reason, you reference John Oliver a lot when talking about what I consume, probably because I've talked about the show yeah. many times. But he, of all the shows, he like picks one topic, that, and often it should be things people should be, are, should be talking about and aren't, and does yeah. a deep dive. Um, so if you watch one piece of content from that genre, might I recommend that? Or you can listen to me and Quincy Johnson's episode of What in the World about the Iranian nuclear deal. Paramore Music Videos, Quincy Johnson? Paramore Music Videos, Quincy Johnson. So We did an episode about the Iranian nuclear deal way back when Trump was first talking about pulling out of it. That's one of the problems. We jump on stories too early sometimes. Yeah, like when you said Trump was going to win. Yeah, jump yeah. out too early. You got to wait till he wins before you make those bold predictions, Adam. So he's losing support, but at the same time, he's also gaining some support. Thanks, Kanye. Yeah, here's my. We'll end this on a prediction, and I know people don't want to hear this. If we have elections at all in 2020, Trump, at least with the trajectory the nation is on now, Trump is going to win probably in a fucking landslide because I don't think. 
the resistance hashtag resistance realizes what exactly they're up against. It's bigger than Trump. It's gunning for them as much as it's gunning for the alt-right. Like, it's going to swallow all of those motherfuckers. And we're going to do an episode of Unpopular Opinion about it very soon. But there's a ideology that is kind of taking over Europe really slowly. It's coming from Russia. We've also done an episode of What in the World about it. Please stay but, away from Norway. But we're going to get into it a little more on an, an episode of Unpopular Opinion soon. But... I think we're already, I think the Kanye thing proves that the left is already falling into that people of color are always going to vote Democrat line of thinking. And that the response has been, oh, Kanye's crazy. He's insane because he's supporting Trump. Trump just gave a speech to the NRA and said after Kanye West came out and said all this, his support among black voters doubled from 11% to 22%. That's not true. It doubled it among... It was people. <laughs> it was black males. Yeah. But his support among black people in general did jump also from something like 8.9 to 16-something, which isn't as impressive of a jump, but it's a jump. And here's the thing. Is you're insane going to be the left's response Every time a black person says they support Trump, because that is a horrible strategy and a surefire way to guarantee you lose in 2020. Trump didn't say he's going to win 95 percent of the black vote for no reason. And it's a thing I've talked about time and time and time again. A lot of his immigration policy, the underlying foundation of it is written with the idea that illegal immigration most negatively impacts black people and Mexican people living in inner city areas. They steal your jobs, take your housing, all that shit. Exactly. That the entire the the whole line that we I don't agree with that, but Right. But that that entire fucking line of thinking, it's he's not aiming that at white people. If he starts targeting immigration and makes it a racial issue. I've said this before. Also, what happens if you're on the left and Trump says, I'm going to deport dreamers back to Mexico. And what we're going to do instead, all those people who have good jobs and are going to college and things, because dreamers are not, these are not motherfuckers picking corn or whatever the fuck we always say immigrants do. You know, these are people who've been here a long time. They have stable jobs, own homes, own businesses. If those people go away, those homes, those businesses, those jobs become empty, you move you have to move someone else in to those spots or the economy collapses. And what happens when Trump is like, "Look, we need to get illegal immigrants out of this country so we can free up jobs and housing and education opportunities." For people living in Chicago and Baltimore who've never had those opportunities, who've been ignored forever and ever and ever by every politician, especially politicians on the left who just assume, well, you're black, you're going to vote for me, so no no need to worry about what's going on with you. Like Hillary Clinton called black, black people super predators in the 90s and still expected she was just going to cruise to the black vote in 2016. And maybe she did. I don't fucking know. But that only works for so long. You can only eventually, if it comes, like if you're on the left and it comes to that, if they're like, 
those opportunities should be going to people who were born here and have lived here forever. And by that, we mean people living in Baltimore and Chicago and Ferguson and St. Louis, all these, you know, high crime areas that have been just notoriously ignored by government, by federal governments, municipal governments, except when it comes to policing, of course. And so we're going to take people out of there and move them into all the areas of the country that illegal immigrants are occupying right now. What do you say on the left? Do you go, no, you can't send them back to Mexico. Mexico is a crime-ridden hellhole. If you're in Chicago, you can be like, Chicago's a crime-ridden hellhole. Why shouldn't I be allowed to get out of there? And here's the thing. Is anyone on the left ready to make that argument? Like, because that's going to be Trump's argument. Like, that's a thing I've been saying since Trump got elected, because it, it's in his, it was in his first fucking campaign promises that this is what the immigration debate is building up to. The man who basically is the architect of Trump's immigration policy is a black dude named Peter Kirsenow, who has served on the Council for uh, Civil Rights under Bush and Obama and now under Trump. So, so he knows his shit. He knows his shit, but he's, he's mostly a Republican appointee. He was th- a Republican-controlled Congress reappointed him under Obama. But who knows? Maybe Obama would have reappointed him also. So that, like, that all matters. Like, I don't care if people think it sounds crazy. That's what a plan like this needs because the left isn't going to mount any kind of strategy to fight it because they don't think they would ever in a million years need to because when Kanye West comes out and says he's a Trump supporter, they just call him crazy. And the internet agrees and we go, yay, we took down Kanye West because he's crazy. But also... A 10-point jump among black male voters is not a minor thing, and that's one celebrity. That domino effect is not going to be hard to start if there's a few more celebrities here and there. There's all, like, Mike Tyson supports Trump, but no one's fucking taking advice from Mike Tyson. But what if the next black celebrity to endorse Trump isn't Mike Tyson? And it's someone who we can't just point at and say, you're crazy. What if it's what if it's a fucking scholar? What if it's a fucking doctor? What if it's a scholar or doctor that's simply being paid off and doesn't believe any of it, but just people have dirt on them? Exactly. And the left really needs to come up with a better response to that than you're crazy. Because people are going, people resent that no matter what color you are no matter your gender your sex your age your ethnicity no one likes being told their choices are stupid just because they're stupid also it's tough because i can't even tell like is kanye crazy or is he not crazy is this a publicity stunt is this not is this narcissism whatever but my i'll make a bold prediction if your bold prediction is trump wins in 2020 in a landslide I think he does uh, very much like a lot more help from Kanye, but then Kanye runs in 2024 where it's like a help me win re-election and I'll put you in position to whatever. Yeah. I mean, no, I think Trump's going to try and keep his family in forever in charge forever. No one's voting for fucking Kanye West. Uh, People said no one would vote for Trump. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could cross that bridge when we get to it, but Uh, I'll be in Norway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like, it's another threat no one's taken seriously that this all could turn 
in a way that makes people on the left look like the racists for not supporting Trump's immigration plans. And won't that feel like a very upside down kind of world to live in? But don't fucking discount that it could happen. And the like the if you I don't know, we, we'll get into that on another episode. Well, let me ask you this real quick as we uh, go out. Why is it? Why is the Democratic Party so against letting Bernie be their man? I mean, don't you think even though he's old, he can energize the the uh, voting base and can pull off a win? I think I think he would have beat Trump. Do you think he could still beat Trump if he was the lead in the next election? Assuming he didn't <sighs> die, assuming he had the same energy he did for this campaign. No, I think I I think it's almost. We're really close to it being too late for anyone to beat Trump. Do authoritarian because it was. I said that you. <laughs> I hate this so much, but I said the same thing not long into the election. I was like, "We already lost because no one's doing anything. No one's doing anything legitimate to fight this." I get that motherfuckers think their memes and their tweets help, but they the don't. Marching, yeah. They help you establish a paper trail that says, oh, look, I tried to help. No, you fucking didn't. And it's just people being distracted by one thing after another and discounting legitimate threats based on their preconceived notions about how the world works. And that is what we went into the 2016 election with. And I feel like it's what we're going to go into the next election cycle with as well we'll see how the midterm elections play out that that will be interesting but even then it's not going to get trump out of office and even if the democrats take control of both the senate and congress in midterm elections which i don't even know is if it's possible but trump's still in office and trump has proven he will just we let obama kind of govern by executive order and trump does the same thing like when there were the Russian sanctions thing that everyone voted to impose and he just wrote an executive order like a type of executive order that couldn't even be challenged and was like nope we're not doing it we're not imposing those extra sanctions and we were just like all right so what's to say even if the uh, Democrats control both houses we won't still just be like all right well I guess he wrote that in a way that we can't do anything about it like, we're not fighting stuff like that. We're not in the streets because he wrote an executive order calling for detention centers at the border. We're in the streets to take selfies and post it on social media. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I just I feel like we're already getting pretty close to not having a chance to beat Trump because we just are not taking him seriously still, even though he's in office right now. You know there was a scenario... For whatever, the Women's March, Science March, all the different marches in Washington, there's had to have been the scenario where people go to book a hotel, they're going to Washington, they can't find a hotel, and the only, the only availability is a Trump hotel. And then they have that moment where they go, am I going to fucking give this guy money or not? And then they fucking book a room at Trump Hotel while protesting Trump. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, just ending on a pointless note. Yeah. I mean, people still watch NBC and they help Trump get elected. Saturday yeah, Night Live. Yeah, that's a lot of my issue with Saturday Night Live. Not the comics on the show, but just the, you know, Warren and the general uh, allowance of that. It's kind yeah, of Saturday Night Live is part of the problem. They are definitely not part of the solution. 
I don't think anything NBC does is part of the solution. Well, they're just making money. They're called the National Broadcasting Company. But I'm sure there's nothing government related happening. When there. we add segments to the show, the last segment should be like, eh, this is the fizzle out segment. You can listen if you want. We should we should end on something upbeat every time. Did you read did you hear any good news this week, Chet? Uh fuck. <laughs> I mean, there has to be some. Let me rep. Yeah, I guess I didn't really look for any. California is now knows how to party. Oh, go on. Uh California is now the world's fifth largest economy. It has surpassed the United Kingdom. Fuck you then, governor. Thinking of going over to London. Fuck you. It's my backup. Fuck you. You're going to go to London as your backup to Norway? Nah, probably Italy. At least when uh, an authoritarian person takes over there, I'll be like, ah, I'm having good pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's it's spreading. We'll talk about it on Unpop soon. And we'll talk about it on this podcast we'll every week. It. Every single week. Yeah, well, well, we need to incorporate some segments or something to bring the room up a little bit. This is grim. That could be the name of a segment, bring, bring the room up. <laughs> then we talk about some wacky death from yeah. the previous Every week, week we got to bring five jokes to the podcast to fall back on whatever. Things are just really... I like that a lot. Yeah. Let's each write five monologue jokes Okay. for every episode. I'm are you sure? That. Yeah. All right. I write those jokes anyways. That's what we'll do. We'll open the show with a lighthearted monologue. Back and forth. <laughs> Five, what, one for one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where's I don't my either. invite? Also, you should give this podcast good ratings and reviews on iTunes. We will be posting regular episodes starting in June. We're, we're premiering two new podcasts this month. This is one. And the other one is Sports Pod Tomorrow. Today. Oh. With me, Brett Rader, and Josh Denny. Fade it out, Brett. Where we'll be doing doing that weekly. I think two of those are going to be Patreon only every month. Two of them will be free. But not this one. Free for everybody. This one's free, but we're going to do a Patreon only episode every month. Where me and Chet talk about music and movies and TV shows like the good old days. Like the good old days. Before we had to fucking talk about this every week. Before we had to talk about this every week. What's going on? What's going on? Why are you why are you doing this? I was just reinforcing the points you were making. <laughs> we should probably get out of here. I'm not gonna repeat that part. Hey, don't forget to come see me and Chet Wild on tour, unpops.com slash tour. You can find tickets for most of the shows except the Dyersville Dyersville show. You gotta buy those in person in Dyersville, Iowa, where they filmed Field of Dreams. Are we gonna go to where oh, they we're gonna go. And then we're gonna Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to drive nine hours the next day to go to a house show oh in Wichita my. that may or may not have any tickets sold. We don't know. So, Wichita. If you're going to the Kansas show, fucking go to the Wichita show the night before. We'll do different material. We're going to do like a Q&A thing or some shit. Don't make us regret making house shows happen. <laughs> Please don't. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, unpops.com or patreon.com slash unpops. You can subscribe. Or just chip in a couple dollars to keep us afloat. Do you know how much we fucking do every month? So much. By June, we'll be doing, I think, three episodes a day. I won't be on all of those by any stretch of the imagination. I'm trying to make it so I only do podcasts Monday through Thursday. But we got a lot going on. So even if you can't subscribe to get bonus episodes, maybe consider throwing us a dollar or two. 
We would love you for that too, baby. And even if not, we love you just for listening. Don't we chat? Or two, or six dollars, or nine dollars, or six sixty-nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have a sixty-nine dollar yeah, level. And you're a member of the sixty-nine club. <laughs> What's and a sixty-nine? What? Like the sex? Uh, thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bringing back old bits. Oh, so fun. Okay, so we should get out of How here. How long did this take? It's going to be shorter after editing. One hour and 36 minutes, which will be probably about 56 minutes by the time this goes up. All right. Let's get out of here. Chat. Uh, Tell America good luck. Good luck, America. Good luck. But that's not my way of saying goodbye. No, I'm not. Yeah, it is. Good luck, America. We love you. Goodbye. No. Goodbye.